0: If you turn over to 2nd Chronicles and chapter 26, 2nd Chronicles chapter 26, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 through uh, to 15, and then we'll come back to it again from verse 16 towards uh, the end. 2nd Chronicles chapter 26, beginning to read at verse 1, tonight just want to share a word that's the Lord of Buddha, my heart, a few weeks ago, uh, building towers and digging wells, building towers and digging wells. Second Chronicles chapter 26 and beginning to read at verse 1. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. And he built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did and he did and he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God and as long as he sought the Lord God made him to prosper and he went forth and warred against the Philistines and brake down the wall of Gath and brake the wall of Jebna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbael and also Minahim's. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. And he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle both in the low country and in the plains. Husband men also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their account, by the hand of Jeel, the scribe, Messiah, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of Fowler were 2,600 And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And verse 14 tells us about Uzziah prepared shields and spears and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows And great stones withal, and his name spread far abroad abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. And we'll come back to this chapter in a moment, but I just want to go through just some of the verses here tonight. This young man at the age of sixteen was made king, and at the age of that that tender age, he did that which was right in the sight of of the Lord. It tells us in verse 2, the first thing that he did, if you look at verse 2, it tells us simply that he built Eloth. And Eloth, when you look at the dictionaries and begin to find out where this was and what it was, Eloth was uh, by the Red Sea. It was a vital port in order that it would bring in supplies for the kingdom of Judah. And the first thing that Uzziah under the instruction and the help of those wise counselors that were around them, they knew that they needed to bring in the supplies again to reestablish the kingdom. And you know, it's so important for us as God's people individually, collectively, that we know that we have a supply and that supply is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that our God will supply what all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we must always know that our strength, our hope, our, our, our faith, our joy, our peace, our love, our endurance, everything that we need for this life is all found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must know that if we turn to any other well, any other idea, any other fountain, it's only this fountain that brings the life And the supply that is needed for the Lord's work. In verse five, it tells us this, and this is important verses for the king and for the life of a believer to prosper. It says here that he sought God. Here was a man that sought the Lord. And you know, brothers and sisters, that's that's key for every Christian just to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found, seek him in the morning, seek him in the afternoon, seek him in the evening time. But, you know, we must seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find, knock, what does the Bible say, and it shall be opened unto you. And so here's a young man that sought the Lord in the days, it says, of Zechariah. Zechariah had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, look what happened. As long as the young man would seek the Lord, as long as he sought after the things of God, look what happens. God made him to prosper. And you know, if we seek the Lord, we walk with the Lord, we seek after Him and we find Him in His Word and we long to walk with Him and love Him, you know, God will make us to prosper. That's not just financially, but it can be if that's your need tonight, but God will cause us to prosper in everything that we do. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 34, and we know these verses well, but if you turn over to them tonight just to see the importance of seeking the Lord. Psalm chapter 34 and verse 6. Psalm chapter 34 and verse 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And saved them, praise the Lord, out of all his troubles. Isn't that what the Lord has done for us? The poor man cried, and the Lord hears us. And saved them out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him. And delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, what is he? He's good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Verse 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord. Ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. And in verse 10, look what it says. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Here's a young man that would seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, the Bible tells us you'll not lack anything. We seek the Lord, will not lack anything. Here's a crucial part in this life of this young king, why he prospered. Not only did he seek the Lord, but we read here back in 2nd Chronicles chapter 26, we read here of a very crucial individual in this young king's life. This is important tonight. We read here of a man called Zechariah, the Bible says doesn't say too much about him and we don't really know much about him except just in these few verses what it says. Here was a man that had understanding in the visions of the Lord. There's a man that had a, an understanding of the visions of the Lord. I believe most likely it doesn't tell us, I believe most likely because the king was young, but I believe most likely that this man was an older man, got alongside the younger boy who was now king. And this man was, a man had revelation and understanding on the things of God. And he was put alongside the young king who was zealous, obviously, and wanted to rebuild and do that which was right. And this older man came alongside the young boy and began To bring forth to him the revelations and the visions of the Lord. This is a crucial part of why Uzziah prospered. He was a man with an influence on the young king's life. And isn't influence such a powerful thing? Isn't influence such a powerful thing? Don't we all know it? Young or old, but influence is such a powerful thing. You know, this whole world that we're living in is trying to influence us. And every aspect of the media and everything around us, they're trying to influence the world in a certain way, in a certain direction. Those that are in the schools will know that there's influences every day, trying to influence us in one way or the other way. Everywhere we go, we're, they're trying to influence us. We thank God that we have a great influence. It's the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord, we have an influence, it's the Word of God. Praise the Lord, we have an influence when we have Sunday school teachers and we have preachers and we have older people that walk with God and are influencing us in the right way of the Lord. Thank God for that. Influence is such a potent thing and it can influence us in the right way and also it can influence us in the wrong way. And we've all had that experience in our lives. Influence is crucial. And here's an older man that had understanding in the visions of the Lord. Here's a man had revelation of the things of God, bringing the very revelation of God. And you can nearly see the picture as the young king who wants to do what's right and wants to live the right way. But here we see the older man just coming alongside that younger boy and saying, here's the way, now walk ye in it. Here's the life. Here's the truth. Here's the cross. Here's the answer. Here's your way home. Just walk with God. We see the influence from an early age as this young king began to do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And the influence upon his young life as his heart was yet tender. You know, as his heart was yet soft. As his heart was just tender before the Lord. And now that... Good influence upon his life began to direct him in the things of God. Are you glad for good influences? If you look over your life, are you thankful for Sunday school teachers? Are you thankful for children's workers? Are you thankful for BB leaders? Are you thankful tonight for preachers? Are you thankful tonight for those that gathered you in and influenced your life? I tell you, I'm thankful. And there was a time I didn't think about it, didn't appreciate it, Didn't care about it, but I tell you, when God saved me, and even as you go on in years, you're more appreciative today than you've ever been for the influence. Are you thankful for Christian parents? Are you thankful for Christian grandparents? Maybe you didn't have that privilege, but to have grandparents that are saved and parents that are saved and always influencing you in the things of God. It's a wonderful privilege, but so often taken for granted, isn't it? I know I did. And here's Zechariah influencing the young king. He wanted to do that which was right. You know the word influence simply means the capacity to have a desired effect. That's what it means. The capacity to have a desired effect. In other words, someone, someone is going to influence you. Actually, nearly every day of your life, whether you notice it or not, you're being influenced. You're being influenced. Such a powerful thing. And that will have a desired effect on your life, on your outlook, on your thought, on how you think or how you approach things, how you're influenced. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, and certainly knowing from my own experience, make sure that we surround ourselves with people who are going to influence us in the way of the Lord. Make sure we're surrounded by people, young and old, young and old, that people are going to encourage us in the way of the Lord. You see, not only are we influenced, but we also, we influence, isn't that right? Every person in this room, whether you think it or whether you don't, we also influence others, isn't that right? That's a great responsibility, isn't it? How we influence one another, how we influence our young, how we influence our kids, how we influence older people, how older people influence each one of us. It's so important that we're a good influence. And here's a man, Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. That was what he influenced the young king with: understanding in the visions. Of the Lord. This just wasn't someone being smart, someone with great intellect, that might have been the case, but there was someone that brought the heart, the heart of God, the purpose of God, right into the king's chamber and said, This is the way. This is the revelation of God. This is the purpose of God for your life. This is why you've been brought to the kingdom for this time, you say. This is why God's placed you in the place that you're in. This is why you're in that particular spot or workplace or wherever you are. God has placed you there that you're going to be an influence. And Zachariah encouraging them, bringing the revelation of the Lord, instructing them in the fear of the Lord. How important it is for every believer to be a good influence. You know, when we look at the building of the sanctuary in Exodus chapter 36, you'll see this here right from there, right through into the New Testament. But Exodus chapter 36, we read of two men, one the first man and then who initially received this revelation, but then other men also received this revelation. Exodus chapter 36 and verse 1. Then wrought Beziel and Alohab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord, look what it says, in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding. This is wisdom that does not come from the earth, but this is wisdom that comes from above how many of us need wisdom. And what does the Bible say? If any man lack, let him. And what will the Lord do? He'll give us liberally. Don't we need that wisdom in these days? Don't we need a wisdom to be? I need a wisdom to be a husband. I need a wisdom to be a father. I need wisdom to be a Christian. I need wisdom and what position or what place God is in the body. Whatever that place is. But we all need wisdom to do that. We need God's wisdom. Isn't that right? And what does he say we should ask? Do you believe the church needs wisdom? Do you believe you need wisdom as an individual? Young people need wisdom. What company to keep where to go? How to stand, how to walk, how to live, how to serve? How many people need wisdom? So the Bible tells us we should ask. But look at this. The Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary. This wasn't, this is what I want you to do. But this is how I want you to do it. You know, the Lord knows what he wants us to do, but he also knows how he wants us to do it. Isn't that right? It's important how we do it. The method is important. It has to be God's way. Isn't that right? But where do we get that knowledge? Is it reading the book? Books might be helpful. Is it talking to Jimmy and Sammy and whoever else? Is it listening to something on YouTube? Or is it on our knees before the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom. I just don't know what way to take. I don't know where to turn. But Lord, I need wisdom. Would you grant unto me, look at this, it's wisdom and understanding to know how to do the work. To do the work for the sanct- the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. Do you know what our prayer, really? Lord, we need wisdom. We need, we need wisdom in these days. We need to be wise. You know, every type of trap is being set, every type of vice and every device of wickedness is being set up today against the church of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what we need. We need to know and we need to be wise. Not to compromise, but we need to be wise. You know, just over the weekend, I hadn't heard the result, but a very significant vote took place in Switzerland. I don't know whether any of you picked up on it, but it's a very crucial vote. But they have just held a vote, a referendum, for to, to legislate uh, if you discriminate in any way by speech or otherwise against anyone from the homosexual community. It will be punishable. It will be punishable by law. What that actually means is, and so that you understand what that means, it means that if you say anything, at all against that community that you will be punished by the law it's coming to a stage where we are at to actually just be a believer to be a Christian you don't have to move just believe the book and that's what's spreading through Europe and we need to be wise we need to have understanding what the Lord would have us to do. Where does this come from? If you turn over in Ephesians chapter 1, this all comes from the source, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and 17 says this, That the Lord, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1 and 17, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, And revelation in the knowledge of Him. I want to know Jesus more. I want more revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to know more about His love. I want to know more about His joy, about His peace, about His blood, about His sacrifice, about the hope that we have in Jesus. But this comes by the way of the Spirit. The revelation in the knowledge of Him. Make this your goal in life, that I may know Him That's the goal. Then it says in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This revelation, if you turn over to Colossians 1 and 9, and this is the prayer of Paul for the church, Colossians 1 and 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Don't we, don't we need the wisdom from heaven? Don't we need understanding to live our lives out in this wicked world that we would honor the Lord, walk diligently before him and walk right before this wicked and perverse world. And have wisdom. May the Lord grant us that wisdom from above. This king. It says as long as he sought the Lord. Or that means to search out the Lord. God simply made him to prosper. God prospered him. If you go back to verse 6 in Second Chronicles chapter 26. With this all in mind, Zechariah influencing the young king's life. The young king seeking the Lord, rebuilding Eloth in order that the resources might be there in order to go to war. Look what happens next in verse 6. And he went forth and he warred against the Philistines and he broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jebna, and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod, and among the Philistines. And as long as he sought the Lord, the Lord God made him to prosper. This young king, with the supply opened, with the influence upon his life, went out the war against the enemy. I tell you, we do have an enemy. We really do have an enemy. And that enemy is the devil. And he is a defeated foe. And what the devil hates more than anything is the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hates the gospel. He hates the cross. And he hates the blood. And that's what this world needs to hear. We need the war a good warfare. We need to fight a good fight. And we need to preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ without apology. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18, Paul charges another young man called Timothy, and this is what he said. This charge, 1 Timothy 1.18, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. And then he says, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, the revelations that came there, and it is again, the revelations that came by the way of the Spirit upon the young, the young man Timothy's life. He says, Timothy, now thou mightest war, a good warfare. You want to fight a good fight, brothers and sisters? Not with fists and not with placards, but on our knees and with the power of the living God in our hearts and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We we'll want to fight a good fight. whole faith and a good conscience which some, having put away concerning the faith, have made, what does it say, shipwreck. Do you know there's shipwrecks everywhere? Shipwrecks, which some, having put away concerning, they've made shipwreck. Brothers and sisters, listen, there's shipwrecks everywhere. Shipwrecks. I met a man yesterday in Lydell, Shipwreck, shipwreck, 45 minutes standing at the bananas. At the end of it, I nearly turned into one. You talk about damnable heresies, about teachings, doctrines from the devil, claiming to be a Christian, telling me that Jesus Christ has already come back. This is it. There's no second coming. This is in Lydell and the Hinch. 45 minutes later. That's why I was nearly a banana. No matter what scriptures you bring, no matter how you try to reason, completely is mine, completely given over to false teaching. Lord, may we be a good influence. May we ever stick close to the word, to the book, to the cross to the blood and to the holy fire. May we live close to the Lord, walk close to Him. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Praise the Lord to the pulling down of every stronghold. He break down the walls of Gath, of Jabna, and the wall of Istod. Here's a man that wanted to pull walls down. President Trump wants to build them. But we want to pull walls down, spiritual walls. You'll know that Gath was the city in which the giants dwelt, Goliath and his brothers. Well, it seemed to be that was target number one. Uzziah, under the influence of Zechariah, he says, I'm going to go to Gath and I'm going to pull down those walls. How many people know that there are giants in the land, spiritual giants? There's giants in lives. Metaphorically speaking, there's things that are giants before us. But praise the Lord through the cross and the victory that there is in Jesus. Every wall, every giant can be pulled down. And so we see that, that, that Uzziah went and warred against the Philistines. He pulled the walls of Gath and the wall of Jabna. It was a fortified town. But Jabna was significant because this was the place, became eventually the place of the seat of the Sanhedrin. If you do the study into the Bible dictionaries, eventually Jabna became the seat of the Sanhedrin. In other words, the seat of intellectualism. I could tell you for 40 minutes, that guy yesterday, he gave a very compelling intellectual argument. And probably will influence a lot of people in his way. But we thank God tonight, and I'm not saying this, but I just mean this sincerely tonight. But as Andy's already said, God's not looking great intellectual people, but the foolish and the weak things of this world is to stand and proclaim the unsearchable riches of Jesus. Jabna was the seat of intellectualism, and that's what we're that's what we're living with today. The scientists, the, 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 the universities are really the, the gates of hell. That's what Spurgeon said they've become. That's what they have become. Intellectualism is, has, has come in its force and spread across our country and it has driven out a, a simple faith in Jesus Christ. No place for God in our education, in our university, No place for God because we're smart I tell you, thank God for the power of the gospel. It pulls down every wall of intellectualism. The simple gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so simple, a child can understand it. And it's so profound, it leaves people who are older in faith and even maybe have some brains, it leaves us wondering about the glory and the wonder of the cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, My riches gain I count but loss, and poor contempt on all my pride. Jebna was coming down, and also Ishtod, which was the place known as the destroyer, that's what that word means. Ishtod was the place where the Philistines worshipped the god Dagon. You'll remember that the Ark of the Covenant was brought there, and then the, the, the idol fell and then they put it back up again. And then the next morning, before the ark of the Lord, which is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, that old idol was down again with its hands and its feet off, its head off. Praise the Lord that Jesus has taken the head of our enemy. And that's what that signified. And so Uzziah went and he, and he came to the walls of Isod. And by the power of the cross and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we're singing it tonight. Chains are broken at the cross. Verse 7 says in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians. And then it says at the end of that verse, and he strengthened himself exceedingly. Then look what it says. when he built towers and he dug wells. Verse 9. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, at the turning of the wall and fortified them. He built towers in the desert. He digged many wells. He had much cattle, both in the low country and the plains. Husbandmen also, fine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Here we see a man pulling down walls, but also crucially, crucially, he built the towers, the watchtowers. What are watchtowers for? How important are they? What do they mean to us, our spiritual application? Here we see that those watchtowers are the place of prayer, the place of devotion, the place of intimacy, the place that's crucial for the believer's life. Spend time in the place of prayer, in the watchtower. What did Jesus say? Watch! Warned us to watch. And so we built the towers. Not only is it the place of intimacy, but it's the place to watch the enemy to be vigilant, to be sober, because your enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In Isaiah chapter 12, it says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore with joy, Shall ye draw well water out of the wells of salvation? He dug open the wells. You know, thank God tonight, this is an inexhaustible well. There's more in God. We need to draw more out of the wells of salvation. Draw more out of the depths and of the great mercy and the love and the grace of God. There's so much more. But we need to dig open the wells. We need to be in the watchtower. We need to trust the Lord and just coming to a close in a few minutes, verse 11 says, Moreover, Uzziah, just back in 2 Chronicles 26, Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands. Men went out, groups of men went out, fighting men to fight the good fight of faith. To believe the Lord, to trust the Lord, to go into." The highways and the byways and the towns and the villages. Bands of men, bands of women. Bands of young men, bands of older men and women. But they went out with the gospel. They went into the highways and the byways. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful, brothers and sisters, if that that thought, if that became a reality as a church, that bands of people would go out. Just bands of men. What are we doing tonight? We're going out. Where are we going? We don't know. But we'll go out and we'll preach the gospel. We'll set up stall. And we'll preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Surely this is the greatest moment in history. And this is the greatest opportunity ever. For us to go and preach the gospel. May there be a band. Even go to Kilkeel. May there be a band. That go to other places too. Local. And national. And international. Who knows. But may band. Are you ready to go and fight? Are we ready to go and fight? The Bible says in one Timothy six and eleven, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before. Many witnesses. Here's a band of men that went out. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000, 7,500 that made war with mighty power. They made war with mighty power. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. But you see, the power came When they were willing to go. The power came. When they were willing. To go and fight. That might be just down to the street corner. But are you willing to go? That's when the power came. To help the king. Against the enemy. Well I want to tell you our king tonight. Needs no help. Because it's all been done. And it's a finished work. But the privilege is. He's purchased us and redeemed us. And called us, and we are not our own. We have been bought with a price, and He's commissioned us to preach the gospel. In verse 14, we see the array of weaponry that Uzziah had: shields, spears, bows, slings, engines. What, what a, a whole practice of engineering expertise that was put together under what the wisdom of God. God gave them the wisdom to do this. to Shoot arrows and great stones and with all. And his name spread far abroad. Then look what it says. For he was marvelously helped. Marvelously helped till he was strong. Can I tell you something? This is the most dangerous place for a believer ever to come to. This is the most dangerous place for a believer to come to. God was doing a mighty work. God was working in a mighty way. God was using that life, that vessel, King Uzziah. He had a great influence on his life. I don't know. I'd certainly like to find out. Maybe someone does know. But I can't find any record that tells us that the old man, which I believe he was, Zechariah, had died. I don't know, but I believe it's quite possible that no longer was Zechariah there. And God began to bless. God began to build. God began to encourage. God began to use the life. God began to use it in a mighty way. Marvelously helped bands of men pulling down walls, building cities, building towers, digging wells. God marvelously helped them. I want to tell you something that's one of the most dangerous places without the wisdom of God without the right heart before the Lord that a man can come to. Because know what happens? And this is a warning for me, it's a warning for you, it's a warning for us. The Bible says we're to take heed because when we begin to think this was all me, when we begin to think it was me that done it, or I done it, or it was my gift, or it was my talent, or it was how great a preacher I was, or how God mightly used me, and how... Once we begin that road brothers and sisters we read the great warning. Verse 16 of 2nd Chronicles 26 But when he was strong his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Hard to believe but yet brothers and sisters you know and I know how many times has this been outplayed. Lord Keep us very low. Keep us very near. Lord, keep good influences on our lives. Good men, good women, good people that will influence us in the right way. But Lord, may we never touch your glory. May we never touch your glory. Lord, would you give us wisdom and understanding. But may we be a band of men and women that fight a good fight. May we always be careful to give you all the glory and all the praise. We need to build towers and dig wells. Lord, help us in these days. Let's pray together.